Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Good morning, everyone. Nice to see all of you today and uh, those of you in the overflow room and watching online. Always really good to be here at uh, LifeGate. Really appreciate Pastor Tom Fuan and the leadership team, and thank you to James and everyone for looking after me so well today. So everyone have, have a good Mother's Day weekend? Yeah. I know that was a long time ago now, seven days. Hope you had a good Mother's Day weekend. Uh, last week we talked about improving our relationships, and we talked about three key skills. Anyone remember what they were? Okay, let's go back and... Be a good listener. You obviously listened really, really well. Be a good listener. That makes a big impact. Uh, what was another one? Control your, your speaking. Engage brain before opening mouth. Think before you speak. And thirdly was control your anger. Be slow to become angry. You know, those three things uh, make a big difference. I hope you had a chance to do a little work on those this week. How many know no sermon changes you? Thank you for that underwhelming response. No sermon changes you. It's only what you do with what you hear that changes your life. And so trust that we've all been listening a little bit better this week, thinking about the power of our words, and then watching those angry emotions, which are going to happen. There's nothing wrong with feeling angry. It's what you do with those angry emotions that can either be destructive or constructive. And so I hope that that message was helpful if you weren't here. Uh, I know it's probably up on the website, James podcast, and so it's available if you missed out. Today we're beginning a three-part series called How to Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. Discovering your spiritual gifts, how to, how to discover them and how to use them. And I'm really excited to be sharing this with you today. How about we pray? Dear God, thank you that uh, you are already at work in our meeting this morning. And you are everywhere at once, but we thank you for those times when we sense your nearness. And so I don't know everyone in the room today, everyone watching, but you do. I pray that today's message would speak very personally, very powerfully to each one of us today, that we would discover and use the incredible gifts you put in each one of us, that our world would be a better place. Everyone that's awake said amen. 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 Before we get into gifts, let's kind of zoom back and just talk about our life. I wonder when you were a kid, if someone ever came up to you and said, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's, it's a question we often ask children. And I wonder what you felt as a kid. What did you want to be when you grew up? Maybe you wanted to be an astronaut. I don't know. Maybe you wanted to be a movie star or a scientist or a pastor. You know, as kids, sometimes we have a dream of what we'd like to do with our life. Or sometimes we're a little unsure, a little unclear. And sometimes these dreams become reality. Sometimes they don't really take place and we move on to something else. You know, for me, I wasn't quite sure. When I was a kid, what I wanted to be when I grew up. For a little while, as a kid, I wanted to be a naturalist. Anyone know what a naturalist? I had a neighbor who had all these animals, like a blue-tongued lizard and um, various long-necked turtles, and I kind of fell in love with animals. I thought, I'll be a naturalist when I grow up, but that kind of didn't happen. Then for a while, I wanted to be an architect, but my handwriting wasn't very neat, so that kind of didn't go anywhere. And then in my early teens, I had dreams of being a cabinet maker, and I went and worked for a week in a cabinet-making factory, and all I did was sweep up wood shavings all week. 
And I kind of lost the, the dream, lost the inspiration. Later on, I dabbled in many jobs. I worked as a builder's renovator. I worked as a bookbinder. I was in printing for a while. I helped in music and youth, and then eventually ended up in church leadership. So my journey was kind of one of discovering who am I, what am I good at, what do I want to do with my life. Maybe you're similar. Maybe it's really clear, or maybe you're on that journey of discovering who you are. One thing we all have in common is deep inside the human heart, we have longings, we have desires. And that's one of the things that we all share as humans made in the image of God. What are some of the longings, the desires we have? Well, we all have a longing. We all have a desire to have a sense of belonging to have a sense of family, to connect, to have a place called home. We, we have longings for purpose and for meaning, and we all have a desire to be useful. I've never met anyone whose purpose in life was to be useless. What's your purpose? I want to be useless. No, we all want to be useful. We all want to do something significant with our life. We want to make a difference in the world. And this may express itself in various ways. We may be aware of that desire and we may respond to it or not. But every one of us have this longing, have this desire to make a contribution in some way. And I believe God put that inside the human heart. See, as we seek to discover our gifts, as we seek to discover our purpose, we don't actually begin with ourselves. We begin with God. Your purpose isn't so much something you decide as something that you discover. Because God created you, and he created you unique. He created you for a purpose. And so we need to lean in and discover what has God done in creating us. Let's look at a well-known scripture in the book of Psalms coming up on the screen now. Psalms 139. Verses 14 to 16, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. David is praying and he says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, You are wonderfully complex. Don't just say you're complex. Make sure you get the word wonderfully in there. But, but isn't that true? I mean, just look around the room. We are pretty complex individuals, but we are wonderfully complex. And David is acknowledging that. He says, your workmanship, your craftsmanship, God's a creator, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watch me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. What's David saying? You did an incredible job making me. Yes, I'm complex. Yes, I've got all these unique things, but there's something wonderful, something marvelous about every individual human being. You are wonderfully complex. You are marvelous. You are God's workmanship. You are God's creation. And so as we eventually move to discovering our gifts, we've got to start with just realizing we are made by God. And so we need to discover how is God created you? How has he shaped you? God makes everything for a purpose, and every one of us are different. Every one of us are unique. Have you ever heard this phrase, you can be anything you want to be? You can do anything you want to do? You ever heard that? Is that true? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Uh, I don't think it's true. Have you ever seen one of those talent shows where someone gets up to sing because their grandmother said that they're going to be the next star, and then they sing, and you go, mm, maybe that's not your gift. Come on, don't look at me so spiritual this morning. 
We're not all gifted to do everything. And you can't actually be and do anything you want to do, but you can be what God has created you to be. You can do what God has gifted you to do. So all of us need to do a a bit of a journey of discovery to look inside and say, well, God, what have you created? What have you crafted? How have you shaped me? Because every one of us have a calling or a purpose or a contribution to make. Uh, Paul puts it this way. Let's look at 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. For God saved us. Everyone say saved. saved. One more time. Saved. saved us and called us. Everyone say called. called. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but Because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. Notice that we're not just saved. Uh, Maybe you're visiting here today and maybe you don't know God personally. God wants all of us to be saved, saved from guilt and sin and condemnation as we heard this morning. But we're not just saved to go to heaven. Uh, How many of us, if we're just saved to go to heaven, we might as well go there now. I mean, when we baptize people, we might as well just hold them under a little bit longer. (laughs) All the bubbles are gone, straight to heaven, no backsliding, see you on the other side. If you're visiting, they don't do that at LifeGate. It's right. No, we bring them up out of the water. But you're not just saved to go to heaven, you are saved and called. So, so, so you're not just saved, yes, I'm a Christian, you have a calling, you have a contribution, uh, and it's really important that we take time to discover and live out that contribution. Let's look at another place where Paul unpacks this, looking at Ephesians 2 as we introduce our topic this morning. Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 9, God saved you, there's that word again, by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. Let's pause right here. So the salvation part is not something we earn. It's not something we do. It's not something we have to measure up to. It's a free gift from God. God chooses to love you because you're his child, and that love isn't based on your performance. This is good news in a society where it's all about performance and achievement and merit and marks and grades. Now, God doesn't grade you and then decide whether to applaud you. He loves you because of who you are. You know, I'd heard this as a kid growing up in church, but I think for me, the reality of God's love for me as a father happened when I became a dad. And uh, our firstborn son arrived, little redhead, like I used to be. And uh, his name is Josiah. Actually, we heard about Josiah this morning. And I remember holding Josiah in my hand. I'm a dad now, a little boy. And I was just holding him and thinking how much I loved him. I mean, take the car, take the house, take my job, but don't take my little boy. Like, I loved him more than anything in my whole world. And as I was holding him, I just thought, why do I love him so much? He hasn't got an A on a test yet. Come on, work with me. He hasn't kicked a goal in a a sports game yet. He hasn't made any money yet. In fact, it costs us a lot of money just to get him right here. So he hasn't 
achieved anything at all. No A's, no goals, hasn't made any money. In fact, he's done nothing. And yet I love him more than anything in my world. And for the first time, the reality of God's love for me went from my head to my heart, and I realized that's how God feels about me and about you. His love for you this morning is not based on how many A's did you get lately. How many goals did you kick? How much money you're making? His love for you is not based on your performance. It's based on the fact that he chooses to love you. I've got three kids now, and if you asked me what I think of them, I'd tell you they're the best kids in the world. If you lined up all the kids in a line, I'd pick them. They're amazing. If you said if they'd done anything wrong, I'd say, how long you got? Of course they have. They've made mistakes. They've done some things I wouldn't have done. But my love for them is constant. Some of you need to hear this today. God's love for you is not based on your performance. It's not something you earn. Salvation is a free gift. Can I have an amen on that? But it doesn't stop there. We're not only saved, remember, we're also called. So on to the next slide, it goes on to say, we can't boast, but we are God's masterpiece and he's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things his plan for us long ago. Again, we're not doing things to earn God's love. We're already loved. We're already accepted. We're already children of God. But now that I'm saved, now that I'm loved by God, I've been created and crafted to do some things for the benefit of others. We are God's masterpiece. The Greek word, if you like a little Greek, is the word poema, from which we get the word poem. And it literally means a work of art. Come on, tell your neighbor one more thing this morning. Turn to them and say, you're a work of art. Don't say you're a piece of work. <laughs> you're a work of art. Don't you love that? We are God's masterpiece. We are his workmanship, his handiwork, literally a work of art. Now think about that. You're saved. You're a child of God, hopefully today. But you're also called. And God has shaped you like a poem, like a, like a work of art. He's crafted and shaped you uniquely to do some good things to make the world a better place. If that's the case then all of us need to take some time to discover, to look in and say, well, how has God made me? What good works am I meant to do? What contribution am I meant to make? Uh, Paul puts it like this in Galatians 6 verse 4. I love this in the Message Bible. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. You want a prophetic word for you today? Yea, verily, thus says the Lord. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Imagine if every one of us simply did that. We took some time to explore. Who's, who, who am I? Who has God made me to be? To do some exploration of who you are and the work you've been given and then sink yourself into that. Notice it doesn't just say leaders do this. It says every one of us need to reflect on who we are and the work that we've been given 
and then sink ourselves into that. And so God knew you before you were born, and he planned you for a purpose. You may not have been intended by your parents, but there's no such thing as accidents. God knew you before you were born. He planned for you to be saved, to know him, and he's called you, he's commissioned. I love the word calling. Um, I, I, I love lots of sport, but basketball is my favorite sport. And uh, when we were kids, we used to often get out on the basketball court and we would have um, a, a bit of a, a match, a bit of a game. And so the two best players would be captains and then they would line all the players up on the line and the first captain would go, I'll have you. And the next one, I'll have you. And they would pick their team and then whoever was left over would sit on the sidelines and cheer. There was nothing better than being picked first. Hey, James, I want you on my team. Hey, Lettuce, I want you on my team. Nothing better than being picked and nothing worse than not being picked. Come on. No one wants to be left out. You know, the good news is God calls every one of us by name. He doesn't overlook you. He calls you. He says, I want you on my team. I want you. I want you. Every one of you, a follower of Jesus here today, he's saying, I've not only saved you, I have called you to be a part of what I'm doing in the world. And so that puts a responsibility on us to say, okay, I'm on the team. Where do I fit? What's my best role? What are my gifts? What's my contribution? None of us are called to be spectators. We're all called to be participators in God's work in the world. Amen. And so that takes some time. I'm going to challenge you this week to do a little reflection. What are you good at? What are you not so good at? You know, that's good to know too. <laughs> it's okay to know what you're not good at. And sometimes it's a bit of a, an experimental journey where you try some things and you go, wow, I don't think that's my role. <laughs> that, well, that's, that's progress too. What are you good at? What are you not good at? We'll be asking some of these questions in our cell groups just to know. What, what, what do I do really well? What do I don't do really well? Which maybe I need some training in or maybe that's not my best contribution. You know, for parents here today, here's some uh, good news for you. Not every kid is academic. Not every kid is athletic. Not every kid is musical. Thank you for that enthusiastic response. <laughs> but you know what? Just because you don't get straight A's in school doesn't mean you're not going to be successful in life. You know, I've, I've got a, our second son, Ashley, um, he, he, he didn't do too well in school. Like, he hardly read a book, and, you know, he, he, yeah, I remember picking him up from school one day and going, how was school today? Yeah, good, Dad. I said, what's your favorite subject? He goes, recess. <laughs> like, when the bell goes, I get to go what I, I, I want to do, you know? So, you know, he, school and him just didn't quite work, you know? And... Um, in, in, in year 11, he was part of a car accident and was in a brace for a few months. He actually didn't finish year 12. I don't know why I'm saying this today. It's not in my notes. But he, he never finished year 12. And then um, he, he went and did a bit of a year in the sun at, at Tabor at the time and met an English teacher. And he kind of fell in love with this English teacher and his you know, love for literature. Went to Monash, did a Bachelor of Arts in English Literature and got high distinctions. It's like, where did that come from? Like, hardly read a book in school, didn't even finish year 12, 
But he suddenly found something he was excited about. Then he went to Melbourne Uni and started doing a teaching degree. He, he was smashing it first year, went out, had some placements, everyone wanted him. And he goes, you know, Dad, I don't know if I can do the teacher role. Yeah, like I'm a bit more of a youth pastor. I just want to have fun with the kids. I don't know if I can be a teacher. So he pulled out. It's like, okay, what are you doing now, you know? Then he gets online, does a little application uh, for, for NAB's National Bank of Australia. He's looking for this kind of special group, and, and, and he qualifies, and he's been in banking for seven years now, and he's just smashing it. I, I say all that to say, sometimes life's a bit of a discovery. If you just take a photo or a snapshot, you say, well, he didn't even finish year 12. What's he going to do with his life? But, you know, it was a process of finding out how he was shaped. And now, I caught up with him the other day. He's 30, and he's just doing so well. He's been promoted, and he's found his spot. Now, maybe that's for a parent here today, just to go, life is not a snapshot, it's a movie. <laughs> you know, maybe right now, kid's coming home with an A, a C, and a D. What do you talk about first out of interest? Do you go to the D, or do you go to the A? Why not start with the A and say, hey, you're doing really well in that subject. You must love that. Tell me more about it. It's really important that we realize it's a process. It's a journey of discovering who we are. And sometimes you find out what's not a good fit for you. And so that's really, really important for you. Hey, about 20 years ago, an American pastor named Rick Warren came up with a concept that I think really helps us in discovering what God has made us to be. And he uh, loves acrostics, and he came up with this little um, uh, word here. Let's put it up on the screen called discovering your shape. Anyone heard of this before? Okay. Nobody? All right. A uh, couple of people. Let's just briefly go over it today, and, and next week we're going to dive in a little deeper. But first of all, uh, we, if, as you look to discover, uh, as you look in, who are you? What are you called to do? As you look to see how God has shaped you, the first letter is, uh, refers to your spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given you by the Holy Spirit to help you serve others. And uh, we'll take a, a moment to look at some of those shortly. The letter H stands for your heart, the things that you care about, the things that kind of move you. The letter A stands for your abilities, as we just said a little earlier. Uh, we're not all athletic, we're not all musical, we're not all academic, we're, we're all different, but we have abilities. P stands for our personality, and E stands for our life experience. Nothing is wasted. Everything you've gone through up to this time contributes to who you are and what God's called you to do. So this is our shape, and we want to explore over the next couple of weeks our spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, our personality, our experience. And the more you can know about yourself in discovering what God has created you to be and do, the better you'll be able to contribute in a way that's fruitful but also joyful for you. You know, when you're functioning in an area that matches your gifts, there's a joy in it. Uh, if you're doing something you're not gifted to do, <laughs> it's pretty draining, and everyone else is probably not benefiting that much either. So it's really important that you discover your shape. Just for our final few minutes, why don't we have a look at some spiritual gifts, and as I read these out, have a bit of a think about your own life. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 11, coming up on our screen now. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 11. Is that there? Okay, that's next week. I'm jumping ahead. They're going like this. We'll have a look at that next week, um, some of the spiritual gifts that God has given to each one of us and what they look like 
and how they can be developed. And so every one of us have been given at least one spiritual gift. I'll just read some of them out. There's uh, the ability to have a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, the gift of faith, gift of prophecy, gift to pray for people for healing, gift of miracles, discerning spirits, speaking in and interpreting different languages. That's all from 1 Corinthians 12. Romans 12 talks about gifts of serving or helping, gifts of teaching, gifts of encouragement, gifts of generosity, gifts of leading, showing mercy, administration. Did you know administration is a gift of the Holy Spirit? Thank you for that enthusiastic response. We kind of love the healing and the prophecy, but you know, just the ability to organize and facilitate things, that's a wonderful gift that blesses so many. Gift of hospitality. Anyone like food? Some of you are hungry already, I can tell. Gift of hospitality, and then we have other roles. And you know, these gifts are not a ministry in and of themselves, but they're tools to use to be a blessing to others. And at our Encounter Weekend back in 2019, we did a whole session on prophecy, a whole session on how to pray for healing, and another whole session on spiritual language or speaking in tongues. And so um, you might want to jump on the website and have a little listen to those messages if you want to know a bit more about those three particular gifts, because we won't have time to go into each one of them in depth. And so that's something that might be helpful for you today. And so as we kind of bring our first session to a bit of a close, I'm going to encourage you this week, uh, either personally or in your cell groups, just to do a little archaeology. You know, sometimes the key to our future is in our past. So do a little archaeology. What did you love to do as a kid? It's really interesting to think about where, where did you gravitate towards? I often do this with business people now who are 50 years of age who are kind of thinking about, is this all there is? I go, well, what did you love to do as a kid? You know, sometimes we've actually drifted from those early desires and passions and interests, and they're often a key to what brings us joy and energy now. So I want you to do some reflection. What did you love to do as a kid? What did you want to be when you grew, when you grew up back as a kid? Do a little archaeology. Reflect on your past. You know, children have this uninhibited sense of wonder and joy. And often as we grow up, we lose that. And so that's a part of our journey. And then I want you to take some time to also reflect on what, what, what are you good at? What, what do you do where there's just a sense of energy and joy and you can see others are affirming, wow, yeah, that, that's amazing what you did there. Uh, what are you not so good at? What, what are some things you've kind of done through life? And just like my son Ashley, tried a few things and looked at his own heart and said, I don't think this is me. That's part of your journey of discovery too. Nothing is wasted. Until we discover our gifts, we can't develop them and then we can't deploy them as fully as God would want us to do so. And everyone said amen. Amen. Let me pray for you this morning as we come to a close on our first session. Dear God, thank you that you have saved us. And Lord, I pray for anyone here today that's new or visiting, those watching online that just aren't sure about their salvation. God, it's not about what we've done. It's about what you've done. And so I pray today for your grace just to reach out. Any people here who are striving or struggling or thinking it's all about religious works and performance and I haven't prayed enough or I haven't read my Bible enough, God, free us from performance orientation. It's not about what we do. It's about what you've done. And so I just pray for grace just to lift off any religious uh, ritualism, 
today and just help us to see we are your children and you love us. Just like I held Josiah that day and thought, I love him and it's got nothing to do with what he's done. It's all because he's my boy. And so today, may, may we see your smile and realize your love for us is not based on our performance. Let your grace fill every heart today. Restore to us the joy of our salvation. But also help us know we're not just saved to go to heaven. We are called. And I pray that we would know in our heart, you've called us by name, every one of us. I want you on the team. We wouldn't sit on the sidelines. We wouldn't be afraid of failure, of missing it, of not performing. But we would know we've been called. We would see we've been called. We would embrace it. And God, we've only got one life to live. <laughs> this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is the real thing. And so I pray that we would live our life to the fullest, to pursue that calling, that contribution, that we discover that unique shape. <laughs> we have been made marvelously complex. We are a work of art today. And help us to look at ourselves, reflect on ourselves this week and say, God, how have you shaped me? What's my contribution? What are my gifts? What value can I add to our church and to our world? And as we do that, I pray for a spirit of revelation that the eyes of our heart would be open to see the calling that we all have. I pray a blessing on every person today and throughout this week as we continue on this journey of discovering and using our gifts. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.